All right, kids. Before, uh, this one's for the kids. Before you get too involved in your craft. Kids, what are some things that adults worry about? I changed that question, you know, just because my wife said don't ask that other question. What's something that adults worry about? Tell me, Nick. Kids. They do worry about their kids. That's true. Dylan? Taxes. Yes. Okay. Right on. Hitting it. Yeah. I can't. I can't see who's back there. The lights are in my eyes. Is that you, Bentley? What, what's your idea? What do adults worry about? Their jobs. Okay? Okay? You wonder if they're listening. They seem like they're hitting it. All right, let's hear it calling. Rent. Yeah. Whether, whether it's your rent to pay or whether your renters are paying you. Either way. Stephanie. Whether, they do worry whether their favorite team wins the Super Bowl. Your dad doesn't have to worry about that this year. It's all right. He's converting me. He's making me a Rams fan. It's all right. It's, he's doing good work. He's working on me. Okay, can we get one more? One more? Kids, what, are your, what do adults worry about? I didn't ask what words your mommy says when somebody cuts them off. Yeah. Money! All right, right on. All right, so kids are listening. Kids know us pretty well. They know the things that we are worried about. It seems like they know that kind of stuff. There, there is an ebb and flow of anxiety that happens in our larger culture all around us. It does affect us. But in each one of us, there is an ebb and flow of anxiety in our personal lives. Sometimes it's associated with things that are happening in our everyday life. Sometimes it just happens to us. Uh, and and I'm not even talking about if we have clinical anxiety, things like that. But our kids know that we have these things. It's reality. So knowing that worry is a part of our regular existence, it's not surprising that Jesus talked about it. So we're going to get to our passage here in Matthew 6 in just a second. If you have a Bible, you can open your app to Matthew 6 or pull out uh, your physical Bible. Uh, we are in the front end of a series called Questions Jesus Asked. We're looking in the Gospels, these biographies of the life of Jesus about questions that he asked. And I think it's going to help us. It's going to reveal a lot about what God's heart is like. It reveals things that come out of our own hearts. And it also will push all of us to respond to God in a different way. And parents, I want to tell you, I, I expect there to be a little bit of a din today. It's okay. You don't have to worry about your kids. It's okay. There's going to be a little bit of kid noise. We expect that. Life together. It's good. So, uh, Jesus does talk about that. And we are in this series where we're going to be talking about questions Jesus asks. So Jesus asks a couple of really intriguing questions in the end of Matthew 6. So I'm going to read from Matthew 6, verses 25 to 34. I'm reading this in the New Living Translation for this one. So I tell you, don't worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food, drink, or, and clothes. Doesn't life consist more than food and clothing? Look at the birds. They don't need to plant or harvest or put food in barns because your heavenly Father feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than they are. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Of course not. 
And why worry about your clothes? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he more surely care for you? You have so little faith. So don't worry about having enough food or drink or clothing. Why be like the pagans who are so deeply concerned about these things? Your heavenly Father already knows all your needs, and he will give you all you need from day to day if you live for him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. This is an older, different translation than the one I put on the board, I think. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Shall we pray? Lord, I, I ask you to help this word that we're reading, these questions from Jesus, the words from Jesus' mouth, to, to enter into our hearts. Help us to wrestle with them, to know what they would mean for us in our world today. I pray that we will be people who trust you to provide for us today, that we will not worry or be anxious, but take care of the things that we have to today. We pray for those things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, one of the ways that you can tell if a theme is important in Scripture is if a word gets repeated a lot. And one of the main important repeated words in this passage is worry. So we hear worry a lot. By a show of hands, how many of you are natural worriers? Natural worriers. All right, we have got a, a grip of them in here. Okay, so... Apparently, novelist Stephen King is also a natural worrier. He's not really helping the world, not really helping the cause for other fellow worriers. But he said something that you, if you're a natural worrier, you might resonate with this. He says this, There's no harm in hoping for the best as long as you're prepared for the worst. Never a truer thing has been said. So for our natural worriers, that may have just sounded a little bit like your life motto. All right, you know this stuff. I, I read somebody this week who humorously said, if you are a natural worrier, you suffer from pre-traumatic stress disorder. Okay, it's, he totally made that up, but it's super funny. It hasn't even happened yet, and you're already traumatized by it, right? So you understand that. Uh, so you might be concerned about things all the time. And so for you, it's natural. It's like you're breathing, uh, worrying is like breathing. So for you, when you hear Jesus say, do not worry, you think, that's easy for you to say. Basically, you're telling me, please stop breathing. So it's, it's not, it doesn't sound very easy. So I want to speak to you, first of all. If you are a natural worrier, I want you, you're the ones who are first going to feel like Jesus is aiming for you. And so you, you are ready. You're the ones who also might feel like this is such a tall mountain to climb that you don't even want to take the first step. Why would I do that? But I want to tell you, if you are a natural worrier, there are some amazing promises for you in this passage that we have. In fact, it isn't an, an impossible challenge that's given to us by Jesus, but he wants to give us four different freedoms, freedoms that he is offering to us. Because God, he wants to give us security. He wants us not to feel on edge all the time. He wants to give us rest and confidence in him and what he's doing. God wants you to come to a place where, not, not where you don't think that the world is unpredictable. The world is a bit unpredictable. That's what we're worried about. But to be able to face that unpredictable world, knowing that God is with you, 
that knowing that in the unpredictable journey, you have a God who cares about you. I think that makes a huge difference for us as we face those difficulties. Everybody here needs to learn that, but if you're a natural worrier, uh, if, you, if you do start to go down that path, I will tell you, it, this will feel like freedom for you. You will feel like you're coming into a peaceful garden if you can begin to do that, to feel more whole than you ever have before. So this, this repeated word, worry or anxiety, as it's translated, literally means someone who is drawn in opposite directions. It's kind of like our phrase, going to pieces, being pulled apart. I think that we resonate with that. But instead of that, God wants to make us whole people, not torn apart, and he wants to set us free. So instead of worrying, we were going to be set free. I want us, we're going to be free to notice how God provides. We're going to be free to laugh at ourselves. We're going to be free to seek the kingdom, and we're going to be free to do what we are called to do today. We're going to do that kind of briefly, so we know that we have wiggly people. So Jesus says in verse 25, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? So he's saying, hey, God, God cares for you. He cares for everything about you, that you, you're more than just the things that we worry about. You are important. And the wildflowers are here today, thrown out tomorrow, but I care about you more than that. So he wants us to notice that God cares for the whole world, that our world is an abundant world that has plenty of things in it. Our world produces a lot, and he doesn't want us to worry about those things, to notice that God is with us. Late, uh, late pastor and commentator and uh, writer John Stott was known, he was kind of known since forever as a guy who was a bird watcher from when he was a young child. And he, uh, he says about this passage, he says, I know, of course, that bird watching is regarded by some as rather an eccentric pastime. They, v- they view the likes of me with quizzical and patronizing amusement. And he goes on to say in a kind of tongue-in-cheek way, he says, but by the way, if you look at this passage, apparently we are all commanded to be bird watchers. So a couple weeks ago, apparently we were told to all be greeters, so now we're all supposed to be bird watchers as well. Uh, and you know what, I, I'll tell you, this week uh, I, was, I went on a hike, I was walking up Long Canyon, and the beginning part of that hike, it's a lot quieter, and I could hear the birds singing, and I remember thinking about this verse and saying, God does provide for birds, and birds go through hard times too, uh, but it doesn't, I don't need to worry about those things. God does provide for me. So even noticing nature around us sometimes can be a way for us to recognize the character of God. So he says, these things, though, these dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. If you're worrying about these things, we are acting like as if we believe there's no God who's there. And that hurts a little bit <laughs> because we, we are people who know that we serve a good God, a God who loves us, God who is present, and that, that we should experience life free from anxiety because of him. We, we know that we're not alone in the universe, and yet it still really can be hard for us. But it is helpful. Jesus says, God knows that you have needs. You're, you're not trying to extract a blessing from a God who doesn't know or who doesn't care. It's opposite. God does know. God does care. So God knows you. God knows what your present needs are. 
He knows the things that would make your heart anxious. So I, I, we don't have to hear Jesus wagging his finger at us saying, oh, you shouldn't do these things. It's more like, hey, we live in an abundant world. Let's, let's think good things about who God is. It doesn't mean that we're bad people for doing that. He's saying we can be called to something more. We, we can be free from that. Because God does provide. God has been faithful to us. I asked my son, Nathan, if I was allowed to show this picture. He said yes. So um, let's go ahead and can you show a picture? Uh, if you can't see this, this is my son, Nathan. Just before he was two, he is jumping off of a, a hay bale into my arms. And he has jumped with both arms wide open. Now, I have a question for you. How is it, maybe, maybe we'll ask the kids again, how is it possible that somebody would be willing to make a leap like this? Why would he be willing to jump like this with his arms out? Let's hear it, Dylan. He knew he was going to be caught, right? So he, he knew something about me. I, I hadn't dropped him, at least at that point yet, I guess. Um, so he still was young enough to think that dad would catch him. Uh, so we... This is the thing. God has also provided for me, provided for you over and over and over again. God has caught you so many times. The question is, at what point are we going to start to really trust him? Are we going to be able to take the leap and jump and at least be a little bit less consumed by our anxieties? And if we do that, we're going to have to start recognizing that God has provided for us in the past. And boy, that does make us want to notice that God has provided. That can free us up a little bit. Secondly, we can be free to laugh at ourselves. Uh, all right, here's a story. When, when COVID pandemic started, everything started to get shut down, there started to be some shortages of a few things in the store. And I will tell you, you know what thought occurred to me? What I thought? I thought, oh man, it is going to be hard for me in Simi Valley to hunt enough food for my family. How am I going? I, I'm not much of a hunter. I'm not much of a gatherer. And apparently that's what it's coming to. So I thought that. I did occur to me. Hunt for food? Give me a break. I didn't realize that the greater danger of COVID was that there was not going to be enough distance between me and the refrigerator. Okay, that was the bigger problem. Not that I would be lacking food. I, I thought that I was the only one in the world who was worried about things. Turns out, a couple of us were. Okay? So the, the world was worried. And, and so I can laugh at myself now how ridiculous that was. First of all, yeah, hunting? Really? Okay. So, uh, whatever. Uh, the, so we worry, and the thing that we can laugh about ourselves is we tend to think that we are the only ones worried about that thing. And that's also ridiculous we, that we feel so alone in that. And rather than worrying, we should begin to have the freedom to laugh at ourselves. I think it disarms a lot. In verse 27, Jesus, he makes a completely valid point, but he says this, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life. In a translation you may have known, it may have said, can you add something to your height? The word is, uh, it could be translated both ways, whether you're adding to your height, adding to the length of your life. Either way, it's kind of the same thing. You can't do it. You have no power to do this. We worry as if by worrying, it has power to do the thing that we want. 
as if my worry can bring about the thing, as if there's power in worry, and there's not. Worrying has never added a moment to my life. In fact, it's taken away moments from my life. If you'll indulge me, I will say, there was, uh, when my wife Karen and I, uh, we lived in Paris, we were doing a training course where we were learning how to share our faith with Muslim people, and as part of our training, we were sent to the Middle East at some point to kind of learn to be in a Middle Eastern country. We were sent to Egypt. So we spent, I don't know, a week there, something like that, where we were in Egypt. And as part of it, you know, our, our host wanted to show us around, and we went to the pyramids, as one does, right? During that time, we did not make very much money, it must be said. We were also paid in dollars and had to pay out our rent in euros. And according to the, the way that the, the, the rate went that week, it was either more or less expensive for us. And there were times when it felt like the world was expensive. And so we were in Egypt. We were staying in a hotel. We had enough money for those things. But as we were there at the pyramids, and one of the things that you can do at the pyramids is you can go on a camel ride. I don't know. Some of you may have done that, actually. You can go on a camel ride. And I think that the guy said, they were like, hey, and, and we were doing this with an Egyptian guy who was kind of figuring it out for us. And they said, I think it costs like 5 or $10. And I was like, babe, you can go. Because, like, I've never ridden a camel before. It seems super cool experience in front of the pyramids. Lifetime memory. But five bucks? I had five bucks. But I was worried. It wasn't about how much money I had in my pocket. The fact was I was worried about it. So I was like, have a great time. I'll take pictures of you from here. As she went off and did the thing. And she came back. This was great. Super memorable. I can't believe you didn't spend ten bucks on this. Right? But what I want to tell you is that what happened was worrying didn't give me life. Worrying stole an experience from me. I had 10 bucks, but I was worried, and I was worried about how it would feel. Which of you, by worrying, can add a single moment to your life? Kids, if you quote that one to your parents this week, that might hurt. Uh, so, Mom, why are you worried? So Jesus asked this question, I think, so we can laugh at ourselves. I, I, I think he's like, we can all see how absurd it is. We can laugh at this. It's ridiculous. We are ridiculous, and it's okay to laugh at ourselves at some of the things that worry, we worry about. And we aren't even anxious about the right things most of the time. That's what Jesus tells us. We should be free, thirdly, to seek the kingdom. If, if we give up this habit of anxiety, we're going to be more free to seek the kingdom. Jesus says this, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Well, what does it mean to seek the kingdom? We should be people, other, elsewhere Jesus tells us the greatest commandment is for us to love God with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength and love our neighbors ourselves. So I, I think loving, seeking the kingdom is going to mean that we are going to grow in right living, sure. Uh, it's going to mean that we grow in loving God and loving our neighbors. If I'm anxious about my food and my clothes and whatever else thing that it is, money and jobs and such, I'm not going to have energy, I'm not going to have the freedom to be able to be focused on anything else but myself. But God wants me to be freed up to look for the, the spark of life that the Spirit is bringing. For me to look for places where I can serve my neighbor, I can love other people well. 
I, I, can, I can look, God, where are you at work? God, where do you want me to work? Where are you calling me to act in faith? Uh, we don't often, all the time, worry about, hey, are, are my neighbors around me, do they know the Lord? Do they have a relationship with God? Are they going to spend an, an eternity isolated from God? We aren't often anxious to know, to worry about, or to think about persecuted brothers and sisters in the world and what's going on for them. We aren't often anxious to know how our world could become more just, how, our, how children can be protected, all of that kind of stuff. So when I'm anxious about my food and my clothes and my life and all that stuff, uh, if I'm less anxious about those things, then I am more free to act wholeheartedly as somebody pursuing the kingdom of God. I, I can help other people to know God and love him and to serve my neighbor. Uh, it does say, I will just say, and his righteousness. We're supposed to seek his righteousness. Um, the translation we read says something like live rightly. I think that that's implied, uh, but yeah, we're supposed to do what God wants, but we miss something if we don't think to seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. God, God is the one who sets the standard, but God is also the one who supports us. That where does God's righteousness come from? It comes not from us being good, but from us giving our lives to God who gives us right standing with God. That Christ was the one who was willing to take the burden of the world on himself and die for us. That's where God's righteousness comes from. It's not from me being a good person. It's from me being somebody who seeks wholeheartedly after God and accepts the gift that Christ has given. So we want to seek his righteousness. I, I'm more free to do that if I'm not as worried. All right, last thing. We are also free to do what we are called to do today. Uh, verse four, 34 says, So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. I, I'm pretty thankful that that part's at the end, uh, that it's included in this passage, because it tells me there are worries. There are things that I should actually be concerned with. There are real things that I have to take care of. We don't have to believe someone who sells us a line that says, if you become more spiritual, if you start following Jesus, if you go to whatever kind of faith, whatever kind of political sphere, if, if you're, all your worries are going to be solved if you just do this thing. We, we, we don't live in a world like that. It's, our troubles don't go away. It's false. Terrible things happen in our world, and terrible things happen to followers of Jesus, sometimes because of your faith in Christ. And Paul, he lists a bunch of them in Romans 8. He says, tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, martyrdom. Uh, so the thing is, those things do happen to us. And we do need to prepare for our future. We need to prepare for what's ahead. We need to prepare for what's happening next week, what's happening in a few years. Uh, you still need to fill out that application, whatever that application is. But part of your job today is to plan for the future. But it's got a boundary around it. My worries don't have to go on for forever. I have something today that I have to take care of. Maybe your thing today is to put a list on it so that it gets taken care of tomorrow. And there are appropriate troubles today, but I, it's, it's limited. It only goes so far. My, the problem, I, I was talking with friends this week, they said, you know, the problem is sometimes we just kind of go around and around in circles on those things, and we are allowed to give those things an end. My worries can end. 
So we can see Jesus isn't shaking a finger at us saying, hey, you know what, why are... You, why are you worrying? He does say, you have little faith, but that's not, it's supposed to be another chance where we can laugh at ourselves. We have been like that. We're, but we, he's offering us freedom. He wants to give us the freedom to notice that God does provide for us. Freedom to laugh at ourselves. Freedom to actually seek the kingdom and freedom to do what we're called today. Faithfully, and maybe only just that. Hey, this probably wasn't necessarily new for you. But a lot of times, I don't need to learn something new. I just need to be reminded of something that I need. So I need to be reminded of what's true today like that. So we can help each other with that. We can help each other not to worry. Can worrying add a single moment to your life? I don't think so. let's, Let's take an action step. I would like for you this week to try to catch a worry in progress. W-I-P, whatever, catch a worry in progress. See if you can find a worry happening and see it, name it, and apply one of these freedoms to to notice. Maybe you need to apply and say, God, you do provide for me. I I am worried about this thing, but you provide. Maybe you can laugh at yourself. Maybe you can want to feel more free to seek the kingdom. Maybe you, you can say, this is the thing that I need to do today about that thing. And you can take your action step, whatever it is. So what I'm gonna want us to do right now, I want us to apply that by praying. And and I want you to think about that thing and try to apply one of these things to it. Before we do that, I just want to say, I hope that you'll continue to join us for this series. It's going to be really fun when we look at these questions that Jesus is asking. Jesus asks good questions. We can learn a lot about what makes a great question asker from this guy, Jesus. He is amazing. There are some really good ones up ahead. Let's apply this today, though. So why don't you close your eyes? you can. Even kids, kids, I know that you have worries of things that are going on. What's something that you are worried about? And I want you to bring that thing before God. Is it something you need to remind yourself that God does provide for you? Do you just need to kind of laugh at that thing? How can you be more free to seek the kingdom in in that worry? Or maybe what is something that you need to do today about it? Lord, we bring before you the things that we are anxious about, the things that cause us worry, and we want to trust you. You do provide for us. You provided for people I know, and it doesn't maybe even seem like it right now that there's going to be a way forward in this, but I want to trust you in it. Lord, help my unbelief. It's true, I've got little faith. Help me to grow in my faith. I pray because of Jesus and because of this world around me, we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.